there will come a day when the courage of podcasters fails, and it was this day. Hello, um, welcome back to Mordor Movie Night. I'm Nora. I'm joined by Jackson. Hello. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's it. We've been <laughs> abandoned. We've been abandoned in our quests. Uh, the fellowship is broken. Nobody wanted to watch these movies. Our traveling companions longed for the safety of Bag End and couldn't continue into the wild. Uh, I will keep this podcast going into the Amazon series by myself if we get to a certain threshold on the Patreon. I'm not watching the Amazon series. That's where I tap out. That's probably not true. You could probably probably make me if if it was a Patreon thing, if it was like to help my homie Nora out on the Patreon, I would uh travel this road but uh, if on uh, only if it's like gonna help you financially you know otherwise i'm not do- i'm not doing it for nothing i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> i'm not doing it out of the like warmth and curiosity uh, you would do only anything do it. for love but not that <laughs> yeah yeah um, um this movie's fucking boring this movie's so boring we watched the hobbit an unexpected journey extended edition and fuck me was it extended because it was extending myself to sleep what is there it's, to say of this movie? So it's three hours long, and um, I guess I'll start by saying, like, did you watch it at the time? You never watched it before, right? Is this your first time? I watched it right before the pandemic happened in St. Louis. Oh, uh, damn. And I was like, oh, that's goofy. Why'd they make that <laughs> goblin all fat? That's weird. That was um, weird. And also the part where Rannergast goes to a dungeon and punches a ghost with a stick and then gets... <laughs> epic loot from it that was he does uh go to diablo 2 for a little while though, for that. <laughs> yeah so i watched the first one a couple years ago never got to the others i remember when they were coming out i was working at toys r us so i was around mm-hmm. the toys a lot but i never saw them and then i heard they were bad and then i watched the Lindsay ellis videos on them and that's as far as that's as much hobbit as i knew going into this really yeah, I am um, watched them in the cinema at the time, all three. Um, I've only seen them once. I never went back and watched the extended editions. Uh, I remember enjoying the first one in the cinema. Um, the second one was a bit, uh, and then I was like disappointed by the third one. Um, and now I go back and I go, what was I? What when I watched the first movie in cinemas? Why did I go? Yeah, it was all right. Did I just like to see a big screen <laughs> and watch movie, <laughs> eat popcorn? <laughs> Love to look at big screen. <laughs> Love to look at big screen and see film cinema in my face. Doesn't matter what it is, apparently. Because um, I, I definitely saw it in... Um, God, I must have seen... the. I'm losing my memory. I remember watching the first three Lord of the Rings movies before I had to see The Hobbit, like the day before. Uh, and um, I saw them... In my uh, like little flat at Bournemouth University, uh, my little like room in halls because my the year I was staying in halls, uh, and I remember that being weird. And then I must have watched The Hobbit the next day, but I uh, I remember watching The Hobbit in in Wimbledon with my friend Jamie. Um, so I'm like, did I come home? Did I miss the? I think I might. I think I might have slept through the screening of The Hobbit that I meant to see in pool in 2012, uh, <laughs> and then watched it on the weekend in Wimbledon uh, when I came back to London. Uh, I, this is these are details that matter to literally no one but me. But I'm like, <laughs> m- my memory of how I ended up watching The Hobbit is like weirdly contradictory. And like those, 
those places are too far apart. This can't be real. Uh, well, but I when, did end up seeing them. When you were first published, it happened one way, and then Tolkien went back and <laughs> yes, tweaked it Tolkien a little bit. Tolkien went back and revised it, yeah. <laughs> um, and at the time, I remember, like, thinking it was a fine adventure movie, uh, but that, like, Bilbo was kind of miscast. Uh, now I think it's a really, really bad movie, and that Bilbo's really miscast. <laughs> Uh, they picked a really good set of actors for like Elrond and Gandalf and Saruman and Galadriel. All those characters from The Hobbit. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, God. One thing I noticed about this movie. We're not going to summarize it because it's it's, it's the Hobbit. like 60 pages of The Hobbit, if that. It's so far. Nothing happens. It's an hour till they even see the trolls. I know. Nothing happens. What's happened like an hour into Fellowship? Like uh, they're at least to Weathertop, right? They gotta be. Because um, like the Council of Elrond, the end of the Council of Elrond is halfway through the extended edition. So like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, one thing I noticed that this movie does really weird is that it lingers a lot and not in the places I'd want it to. Mm-hmm. Um. The most egregious example is when they get to Rivendell and you see their Rivendell like desktop background and it hangs there for like ten seconds. It just felt way too long. It's like, yes, I it's, I know. I know woo, it's Rivendell. Everyone clapping. <laughs> it's it's literally uh, you know, I know what that is. Um <laughs> Is what that shot's doing, right? It's like, that's Rivendell. I remember Rivendell from the little movies Lord of the Rings that I watched a year a decade ago. Uh but it is, it is so weird. It's also weird that apparently Gandalf knows the way into Rivendell uh, from a random mountain that was nowhere near Rivendell. Uh, it's just like a little trapdoor away. How did they get from Rohan to Rivendell? <laughs> it's very strange. I know, because I, like, Middle Earth doesn't feel like a contiguous place in this movie. And it's very strange because, like, that's what the Lord of the Rings did, right? They went to New Zealand, they shot aerial shots of New Zealand uh, and it ended up making Middle Earth feel real even if it was all like fake right like it's all movie magic Um, but they arranged the shots in a way that like made the journey and the like space of Middle Earth feel uh, very contiguous Um, and they just don't do that here like a lot of the aerial shots are like so obviously CG and hard that I'm like I can't even place them Um, are there really that many mountains between the Shire and Erebor I know there's a mountain range, but, like, it seemed like they went through more mountains than were there. (laughs) They went through a lot of mountains. And there's also, like, this is where adapting the book is weird. So there's the bit in in The Hobbit with the stone giants. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just meant to be a cute little fantasy world thing. But uh, it doesn't make any fucking sense in Middle Earth. (laughs) Uh, In that, like... Why are there stone giants that are only seen in this scene one time and then never brought up again? Saruman could have really used those things. And this is not a question that you, like, ask when you're reading Lord of the Rings, right? You, know, you never say, why did the stone giants not come up again? Because uh, they're not written like that. They're, they are stories uh, about this, like, the dying of magic uh, over time and, and the Hobbit has an adventure Hercules time. And it's not Titans. It's not, right. it's not big monsters. It's some big lads, like, tossing rocks down a little valley it's not like it's a huge thing it's just like oh there's some big guys tossing some rocks i never had the impression that they were like monstrous yeah they were just um, big dudes 
And here it's like, why did uh, Sauron bring the elephants when he could have got these guys on his side? Because <laughs> uh, they're literally b- b- big. Then like leg is bigger than Minas Tirith. Like yeah. it's <laughs> they're huge. Um, and f- you just you just go like the choice to do this in the realistic style of doing the realistic prequel to Lord of the Rings but like keeping it with the plot of The Hobbit just makes this seem ludicrous it just seems farcical what's happening on my screen uh, and it forces me to ask questions that I would never have asked um, of like the realism and possibility of the movie because uh, I would, wouldn't have I wouldn't have cared if you just made a Hobbit movie um, but you decide yeah. to make the epic Lord of the Rings prequel where everything's about Gandalf. The, this entire quest for the Lonely Mountain is actually just Gandalf making plays about uh, Sauron's return. And nobody's even... It's weird, because it's like, oh, something is coming. But all these characters know Sauron, right? <laughs> they know Sauron! They know who Sauron is! They know him. They probably saw him got, get owned when, uh, when Morgoth got stomped. Like, right. What is this he who must not be named bullshit? Like you can you, just yes. There's there's just also I know that Saruman is not evil yet, <laughs> yeah, but he, he so seems weird. evil because <laughs> he's like oh clearly that necromancer is just some human guy. Like how did you it get is. to be in charge of everything if you don't? Like take anything seriously. It is completely at odds with uh, like Saruman's characterization in Lord of the Rings for this to be the way he reacts because we know the reason that he like succumbs uh, to this like loss of power or whatever. Um, and I know in the movies like he's just like Sauron's buddy, but in you know in, the, in Lord of the Rings he is specifically thinks that he can exert dominion over Sau- Sauron. Right, he can use the ring uh, and he can come out on top, which is not true. But this is this is what he believes. Um, why is he going? Yeah, it's probably nothing. Because it isn't his whole thing that he's like so obsessed with the like finding out of this information uh, and chasing down every little detail of how it works and obsessing over it to the point where it's like the only thing he can see. Um, so shouldn't the him and Gandalf's roles be completely reversed? Shouldn't he be like, ooh, a new secret. Let me go find out what that's what that's about. Oh, right. ghosts? Well, ghosts aren't real. Well, ghosts are real, but don't, you know, don't worry about and it. And then Gandalf would probably more be like, it's it's we'll deal with it if it's something, but like we don't have to like poke the bear. Uh we don't have to like you know, quest uh, into the uh, Diablo dungeon to see what the epic loot is going to drop. Um, and I know they do go and, like, fight the Necromancer in The Hobbit off screen, uh, but it's much more of just, like, uh, there's just stuff I'm learning about and working through, uh, and stuff's going on, and, you know, i got to figure it out. It's it's not like Gandalf is the only one, the only one in this, like, weird politic trio uh, of uh, feckless losers who actually knows the true threat. It just makes Gandalf seem way too important. It's just not true. Also, zoning out and not listening to Saruman <laughs> and having a telepathic conversation is so rude. You you uh, only had Christopher Lee on screen for like 30 seconds. You gotta let him cook. Yeah, and I understand like He's old at this point. He, you, we've got him in like a chair. He had, we have yes. one standing shot, yes. and then he's in a chair the rest of the time, occasionally delivering his lines mostly off screen. Uh, I'm not here to like demand more from Christopher Lee, right? Uh, but I do think it's really funny that he just while Christopher Lee's talking, he has a bunch of psychic conversations with Galadriel. 
Oh, Which is apparently a thing he can do. Well, Galadriel can, has telepathy. We knew that in the last yes. in the other movies. But we don't have, like, Galadriel... It doesn't work like fucking Discord calls. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and, Frodo, and, Frodo hadn't gotten the update yet, so he couldn't talk back. But Gandalf has the same patch. Right. And it also is like... Can they also, um, can't they hear her telepathy? Like, I understand. Is it a ring uh, thing? Is it a, I don't is know. it a ring bearer thing? And then, like, I wouldn't want to know because Lord of the Rings doesn't actually do magic system shit like this, right? It's not like, oh, when you tap into the ring power, you can open up a channel to one person. They can but, like, a scene written, being written like this just invites that kind of questioning in a way that I find really annoying. Because um, my gut goes like, well, well, how is she doing it? Like... It can magic be used to secretly, completely untraceably communicate between two people, even though the other people in the room also have magic and theoretically know she's able to do this. I mean, it is only between Galadriel, Gandalf, and Frodo, all of whom are ring bearers, so I wonder if that's just like a... There's a, you know, another tier of, of magic that you can sort of... But Gandalf's not a ring bearer at this point yet. Isn't he? When, when would Gandalf have been a ring bearer in The Hobbit? It's gone to Smeagol. Smeagol's got the ring. No, the other one. He has one of the rings. Oh, yeah, okay, yes, yeah, so, sorry. I thought you meant someone who had, like, a ring bearer of the one ring. No, no, uh, Naria. Yes, no, I do, I do, yes, no, I, I sorry, I got confused about what you mean. Um, they start talking about the fucking rings in such a lore codex way in this movie. <laughs> And like he starts going, well, the, the seven rings of the dwarves. One of them's here, and one of them's here, and the other one's lost here. But we need the one ring to get on. Like I fucking know. I watched Lord of the Rings. Jesus Christ, shut up! This scene goes on so long. I have to imagine it's mostly an extended edition thing because, like, there's no way you can have nine minutes of these people boringly explaining things we already know about Lord of the Rings uh, in, not, in the cinema. Did I not watch the extended version? Because I don't remember this much <laughs> ring talk. I downloaded what I thought was the Show me, version. load up the file right now, tell me the movie tell me the movie length. It was like two forty nine. Um Mine was three oh two. Okay, so I did not watch the extended edition and I still thought it was fucking boring. <laughs> you didn't watch the fucking extended edition? <laughs> I thought I did. Uh I also thought you did. Who the hell would see the normal version? <laughs> Yeah, Unexpected Journey is 13 minutes longer. 139, well, 139 theatrical, 182 extended. Oh, 160, 169 theatrical, 182 extended. Uh, and the additions are like, uh, the prologue's longer. Uh, there's like more stuff with... Um, how? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really want you to know about how I'm, deep they delved and how greedily and whatever. I must have watched... The extended edition last time, unless, well, it's not on HBO, so I don't actually know. Um, you you don't, you'll have to show me the file later, and I can I can see. Uh, if you load it up, tell me like what the timestamp says. Uh, I know that it was it was un just under three hours. Uh, just under three or over three? Under. Okay, I'm going to go look up the exact timestamp of my file. Give me one second in this incredible podcasting that's going on over here. Meanwhile, the OneRing.net is going to tell me what got added. Uh, three hour, two minutes for my file. 
Yeah, it was not. It was. It did not hit three hours on mine. Um. Oh yeah, there's. But yeah, the white council was extremely extended. Uh, the Man. last homely house added. There's two added scenes. That there's longer stuff with Frodo uh, and Bilbo at the start. Um, which is completely uh, fucking pointless. There's handsome dwarf flirts with elf girl in uh, the food scene. Uh, oh, did you not get the bit where he like flirted, tried to like flirt with the elves, but it was a man, and you're like, come on, guys. Uh, oh no, I didn't. Yeah, that's one. That's one of the little uh, little additions that they put in the Hobbit extended editions. Because guess what? It's not like fucking Lord of the Rings, where there's a bunch of book stuff that you have to fit in and extra things to watch. No, it's the Hobbit. They ad- adapted like sixty pages of book. There's nothing left to add. And Bilbo sees Narsil. What the hell? What? Bilbo. It shows. There's a picture here of Bilbo looking at Narsil on the little oh, yeah. shelf. Yeah. Okay. I really meant to watch the extended edition, but I'm certainly not going back to watch it now. No, Bilbo walks through and is all like noticing fucking uh, what's going on in um, uh, Rivendell. The, I think one of the only... I assume this is still in the original movie because it's like massively important scene. One of the only things I thought worked in the like Lord of the Rings callback way was when Elrond, just the homie, is like, uh, you're welcome to stay here, Bilbo Baggins. And I'm like, oh, he will stay there. I know what happens to Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> um, I love that Elrond is just a guy in this movie because he, in Lord of the Rings, he's got so much stress. There's like so much going on. But in this one, this is like a normal day-to-day for him. He just gets to be Gandalf's bud. Yeah, in Lord of the Rings, he's like, my daughter shall not go uh and stay behind we, we the people are leaving the elves are leaving uh the age of magic is ending and uh, i am such an important guy seeing this like massive task to its completion um whereas in this movie he's just been like yeah i was hunting some orcs i'm back i'm back bitches what's up let's hang out and chat uh and then he chats to gandalf like privately and <laughs> they all start okay we have to talk about thorin because they start they just start talking about thorin <laughs> and they both keep going man thorin he fucking sucks he's he's crazy he's gonna fall to madness immediately he sucks so bad i hate him i hate thorin and thorin's listening and he's like no why is thorin anakin in this why movie why is thorin anakin in this movie <laughs> He literally goes dark-sided at the end of the movie and goes and picks a fight with Azog out of nowhere for nothing. And then it plays the cool Nazgul music for no reason. And then he gets knocked in the face by a wolf and the music goes away. He doesn't even do anything at the final fight. He just kind of gets owned. This movie hates Thorin so much and it's so strange to me. Because like I also think Thorin sucks, but only because of how they portray him. Uh... And the, the story fundamentally doesn't work if you don't believe in this king. You have a king that you... If you can't invest in the king, uh, then it doesn't hit when he fails. Uh, and it doesn't hit uh, when, when like, everyone... When he returns, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like if, if, if Aragorn sucked, the movies would fall apart. And that's kind of what's happening here with Thorin. Um, <sighs> yeah. And it's so strange because he's just such a pissy bastard every time he's, that... Orc- yeah. He, he's just, like, obsessive in a way that doesn't make sense. And it's, like, not what his character was before. Yeah, it's very strange. Because every time the elves come up, he's like, man, I fucking hate the elves and my bitter rivalry. And I'm like, I, yes, I understand the book is about getting over that. Uh, 
But the problem is, in every scene that he has with like Elrond, Elrond's just being a nice guy, and he's just being like, I hate you all. Um, now, the, the, the guy at the beginning with the, with the moose, that was really funny, because I never had the impression that the elves left them on red while they were burning, <laughs> and like just literally watched them suffering and left. This is what the the prologue is such a bad idea. Like they show it literally. I thought it was meant to be like they a didn't come at like the time they needed in this battle, and they had to. Evacuate. It, it wasn't literally like they were standing on the ridge. They could have charged, and they just like were like, "Bye, peace, losers." I also think it's really funny that they like don't want to show you smog until the second movie, so they like hide him in the beginning but they still want the the prologue to be about the dragon coming uh yeah hey, but he's like he's like Gollum in fellowship they haven't quite yes. nailed down their smog yet all they have is footage of benedict cumberbatch writhing on the floor <laughs> how did you like speaking of this the Gollum scene um i didn't uh, I didn't. I didn't really like it. I thought, like... It's weird. This is a weird scene in that I think that the Riddles in the Dark scene is already weird in The Hobbit in its revised form. Um, because it just makes Bilbo look like a fucking twat. <laughs> just like a fucking dickhead. Because he does explicitly cheat at the Riddles, Riddles game. He just cheats. He wins by cheating and stealing. That is what mm-hmm. he does. He cheats and steals and he wins. And that's like, in the original Hobbit... Uh, like a cute little encounter with a weird nasty goblin and he tricks him he, he tricks the trickster back right is how you're meant to read that um, but with the addition of Smeagol being like a pitiful creature uh, and they really go hard in this movie on like he doesn't he like doesn't he has a chance to kill him but he sees how sad Smeagol is and he doesn't he chooses not to kill him it's like you know reminds you of the bit earlier where, where Gandalf's like true courage is knowing when to, not to take a life but to spare one and I'm like Okay, I guess that is part of uh, the arc with Gollum, but not that's more Frodo's arc with Gollum. It's got nothing to do with Bilbo. Yeah, Bilbo doesn't... It is that Bilbo doesn't kill Gollum when he can, but also Bilbo's not even like that kind of guy yet in this book, and I don't know that he ever becomes that kind of guy, really. He does stab a guy to death in this movie, though. We do watch him ram a knife into an orc's heart. <laughs> he's like, ah, about it. He does fucking Dark Souls stab a guy. Uh, while he, Gandalf is item crafting his fire grenades. He also does the um, Honda headbutt at, the, at uh, the one orc that's about to take off Thorin's head at the end. He just goes straight in from off screen. <laughs> he does just like, ah. Um, Speaking of things that didn't need to be in this movie, Weathertop. (laughs) Yes. I understand. I understand that the legacy of the films is that you need to evoke the older movies so that people will give you lots of awards, just like last time, and so that the people who watch the movies will be like, oh yeah, the same thing. It, It is the same world, but... It just gets really tiring. The things that I like in this movie are the ways that they iterate on the older films and, like, the design of Thorin's elf sword, 
being like, yeah, that's similar to Gandalf's and uh, and Sting, but it's like a new design for this movie. It wasn't in the the other ones. I like things like that that look like they flow out of like extrapolating from choices that were made in the other movies. But I really don't care about seeing the the same places again. It's a different story. Um, especially in like, because they shoot it so similarly, um, in, in the books, and also it goes the other way, in the books it's like, Lord of the Rings is a Hobbit quest. Like it starts off feeling kind of like the Hobbit and then becomes uh, a like war story, right? That's just what happens in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but here going backwards, you just end up feeling like, why are they redoing all of the Fellowship beats? And I don't even mean in like narratively, I just mean like, cinematically right they're running away on the hilltop they're running away over the mountain the mountain scene is just like you know there's no the the stone giant scene is literally just almost shot for shot the fucking uh you know before they go into moria when they try to cross the Mm -hmm. mountains and Mm -hmm. saruman's blasting the winds uh and um (laughs) saruman is blasting wind at them (laughs) to be fair he is (laughs) uh but like those two scenes in the novel, right? They're not the same thing. They're just, there are mountain crossings involved, I guess, uh, that don't go very well. Um, but they're not like echoes of each other the way that they have to be echoes in a movie because they're being shot the same uh, by the same director and it's about a group of characters perilously trying to hang on to the edge of a cliff. Um, like transporting it to visuals and doing it in reverse inherently makes it feel like a callback but it has no purpose i don't i'm not like oh that's like when the other the other did it because like the hobbit just isn't one of those stories it is not like poetry it rhymes it's not it's just not it was written in the other order there are multiple parts of this movie where you can just mute it speed it up and you'll just skip whole things that don't need to be there the entire escape from the orcs from when they kill the fat orc uh, and like take the stick through and start whacking people, all that stuff, nonsense. You don't need any of that. Don't need any of that. And I didn't skip any of it, and I didn't speed any of it up. I did watch all three hours of this movie at normal speed. <sighs> well, that makes one of us. <clears throat> I did speed up that part uh, near the end because I just needed to get through it. And I knew there wasn't going to be any dialogue until they left the fucking mountain. But then we got another big action scene with the wolves. This had to be added in in reshoots, right? They had to have added this fight in to pretend there's an end to the movie. I, I mean, I guess. I've no Did, idea. I don't know. Was Azog added in reshoots? I thought that's my question because I'm like other like if in the part where this was meant to be two movies, uh, you wouldn't have had Azog in it. No one cares about Azog. Who the fuck is Azog? Azog did the fight. I got to have a sight. Um, you know what's cooler is if you have uh, like a a visually distinct orc who doesn't fucking talk and you don't know his name. You just know him as that guy that Aragorn dueled at the end of Fellowship. Yes. And then he has a name in the credits or whatever. But that's way cooler than, like, Azog the Defiler. He has a hook uh, hand. He sucks so bad. He's so fucking boring! He's just a big 
glob of CGI mayonnaise. Um, I've no idea why he's here. They don't even kill him at the end, so he's going to be showing up again through the rest of these fucking movies. Uh, speaking of which, uh, all the orcs look terrible now. All the orcs look terrible After now. After how great the orcs were in the other movies, suddenly it's all like weird CG or like CG uh, makeup hybrid stuff, and it just doesn't look good. This was one of the um, the big complaints uh, at the time. Is like, why do all the orcs look terrible CG? Because like, uh, I'm fairly sure Azog. Um, let me go check on Google. Uh, Azog, at one point, had a practical effect, uh, and they like made it CG. Hmm. Um, here you go. I'm sending you an image of what Azog uh, was meant to look like That's before they made him CG. Uh. True orc. And I don't think this is, like, great as an effect, uh, but it's definitely better than what we got in the end. Because um, I hate his, just, like... He just looks like Shadow of Mordor to me. And I know that's, like, because they're being developed at the same time and they're pulling Where from the same aesthetic. Where did you send it? To... Oh, to Nora, not to... Oh, <laughs> Sorry. One second. You're on the wrong... You're logged into the wrong thing. I can put it in. Oh, it's that's in cool. That's way better. Uh, yeah, I lo- he looks like a Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, not like one of the best orcs ever. He no, he got talked I'd- up too much at the time because of like, this was taken from us by CG, right? Um, I think that red is bad. I think that's a bad shade of red. Uh, all all of his beard, yeah. Yeah, that doesn't look good. But, you know, this is, this is workable. Maybe cut the hair off, honestly. <laughs> that's what I would deem. But uh, that, that would be totally workable. Also, don't give him lines. Also, don't have him have lore. Just let him be cool and do stuff. Don't cut back to him and he's talking to his fucking wogs and he's like, oh, I'm gonna uh, ride out and find you. And he's like killing his lieutenants to express himself as a bad guy. And I'm like, why is this ha- happening? I don't know why it's happening because we have to somehow stretch uh, 60 pages of book to three hours of movie. Um but it's just like, why would you add this? Why was anyone asking to see a scene with Azog the Defiler killing his henchmen so you know he's a real bad guy? Boring. Boring. Stupid. You know, that doesn't even mean anything because we've seen how easily orcs kill each other in these movies before. It is not yes. like the mark of a truly evil general. It's just like kind of orky. <laughs> it's just like Tuesday. But the scene is absolutely played like this is like the yeah, Bond villain yeah. killing his henchmen. Always oh, not that fucked up. But it's orcs. You've established what orcs are like already. <laughs> also, why is he so big? Why is he so big? Why is he such a large man? Because he's not an Urukai. He's just a, like a goblin. No. He's an orc. Yeah, he's just an orc. He's just he's a normal man. Um, it is also, weird that he's just mass- massive. Yes. I did think that Dale just looked like a Renfair. <laughs> Dale, that's because Dale just looks like a Renfair. Don't worry, we'll get to Dale next time as we actually arrive in Dale. Oh boy. And then there's going to be Bard. Oh, the Bowman. You know, I've seen a lot of fandom around these movies. People who like the dwarves. People who, like, I guess, just enjoy the movies on some level that I don't. Um, you know what I've never seen is anybody caring about Bard from these movies. <laughs> yeah, uh, that checks out. The dwarf stuff is weird in that, like, 
I think the actors are all doing a fine job of their goofy little dwarves. Um, but I think this movie just doesn't like dwarves at all in a way that's like, this is the fucking dwarf movie, dude. Because uh, they're just jokes. They're just jokes. Um, and every time it tries to sell the, like, these are people without a home fighting to, like, reclaim their homeland uh, from the dragon that is representative of the, like, corruption that lost it. Uh, it just doesn't land. It doesn't land. I never feel it sells uh, because everyone's all... Because Thorin's a fucking loser. I don't care about him being king. Uh, all he does is pout and whine about it. Um, you don't actually get the sense of, like, community that, like, this is a group of people without a home that are, like crying to claim their homeland back from the dragon uh and if you don't believe that then the movie doesn't work that's like the most important thing i have no idea why the movie just treats the dwarves like comedy relief jokes who all suck uh when like that's the thing you should be invested in to care if you've got to stretch this movie out to like you know six out three hours nine hours uh then why not give all the dwarves like character arcs and things to do and you know ways to interact with bilbo and ways that he can change their perception if you're already adding generic hollywood like you know bond villain scenes why not do that instead so a scene that i didn't get not watching the extended edition is this oh there's a motorcycle uh is a scene where all the dwarves are naked and show their asses to the camera yeah but Um, if they're cg naked it's really weird i would not uh recommend that scene you know what scene I did get is when they give the fat dwarf one more piece of meat and then his table falls out from under him because he's so fat. This movie is so weird about fat guys. Why also, is the why is that big troll like that? Why is he like the most gross interpretation of a fat d- troll ever? Yeah. It's so weird. Also, why does he quip before he dies? Why, why is he like, that'll do it, and then he dies? The quipping in this movie is Marvel coded. I'm sorry, uh, and this is a lot of this is a lot of Martin Freeman's fault. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he's fucking terrible in this movie. He's like truly atrociously bad. He just kind of goes, oh, uh, 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 or you know, yeah. Well, I guess actually I could. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, uh, no, actually, uh, type stuff. Um, and it's 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 bad because like remember the bit where he's like talking to Gollum and Gollum's like, if you lose, I eat you. Um, and then, like, he, like, looks at him with one of his many signature funny faces and goes, fair enough. Like, it's like a little gag. And I'm like, why would he... Why? Okay. Like, you're shooting for the trailer here, I guess. Not It's not that funny a joke. Um, and he's just playing playing up being snarky in a way that I'm like... I, Ian Holmes Bilbo was never snarky like this. So it didn't mm-hmm. have his, the, like, plucky uh, 2010s protagonist's energy ever. Is the beginning of this movie with bigger Bilbo, is that Martin Freeman in makeup? No, that is Ian Holm. Really? Yes. Why? He doesn't look like Bilbo at all to me. They absolutely got Ian Holm to back, because they have him and um, uh, Frodo to have a whole conversation, at least in the extended edition. I think there's only a few shots in the original. He just like sees Frodo leaving. Maybe, it's, and goes, maybe he's just smoothened. Um, I mean, I assume he's in a lot of makeup because, like, everyone's ten years older, and they were all, a lot of the guys were already old doing Lord of the Rings, and they yeah. have to bring them in ten years later to do a prequel. So it's a little weird. Um, but that's definitely in Home in the Hobbit. Huh? I did not realize. Because like, I guess they did. They must have like done something to his face because he does, I guess, look quote unquote de-aged. But uh, just, yes. It just wasn't Bilbo to me. I was like, "What's what is this? What am I looking at?" 
Yeah, I mean, he's like 82 filming uh-huh. this, basically. Yeah. Um, uh, <clears throat> and he was fucking old. He had a bad time at the end there. Um, and it was nice to see him. He's now way better than actual uh, the modern Freeman. Um, but, like, bringing Frodo back is such a mistake. Because I'm like, wow... This, he is very obviously 30 years old in a wig. He is not, you know, like 1999 Elijah Wood anymore. Yeah. I did, like, notice him and just kind of roll my eyes. Like, oh, right. I forgot the detail where, like, this movie is, like, has like, little framing devices of right before the other movies start. It's, it's, it's so weird. Because especially what it does to Bilbo's character... About how, because he has wrote the red, the red book, right? Like that's the entire con- conceit of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, but by introducing the prologue, uh, they have him be like, um, you know. <laughs> all right, first of all, I have to talk about Dale and the fucking dragon for about seven minutes, and then, <laughs> and only then, he goes in a hole in a the ground. There lived the Hobbit, and I'm like. Oh yeah, so Bilbo totally wrote seven minutes on fucking Dale and what was going on with the dwarves um, and all this shit before he you know, began The Hobbit properly uh, and trying to balance that with like, wink, wink, this is how The Hobbit begins but also we still have to do a fake Lord of the Rings prologue uh, is so funny. Um, it just I makes him sim- look like a loser writing the book. I would simply not have that be connected. If I were going to do a prologue, I just wouldn't have it be connected. Uh, no, I mean, like, Galadriel, when when Galadriel narrates the prologue, Galadriel is not narrating the prologue to anyone, right? It, it is Galadriel, it is, it is um, Kate Blanchett, uh, and she's, like, doing Galadriel, but, like, it's never contextualized within the movie at what point and to who in which form she is, like, telling the story. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, narration. Um, whereas here they contextualize it as in, like, literally, Frodo is leaving to meet Gandalf at the start of Fellowship. It is the same day, and I guess he's just started writing chapter one of The Hobbit. So he had a very busy <laughs> writing day. Because they're talking about his birthday party and everything, and I'm like, oh, yeah. did he not... Sorry, did he not write the first few chapters? Has he gone backwards? Did he write the rest of the chapters? He just have to finish out the intro now? Like, what? how is he going on with this? <sighs> this movie's just weird. Uh... I hate Radagast. It's nice to see Sylvester McCoy. I'll say that much. But it would be nicer to see him if he wasn't covered in bird shit. Yeah, uh, I don't know who that is, but I don't much care for uh, the character here. He's... I don't know. He's not whimsical, he's just silly. And I feel like Um, you should be at least both. Yeah, I mean, the movie is really scared of, like, being whimsical. Because <laughs> even yeah. the bits where, like, the silly songs happen. So you, you have the, like, the Lonely Mountain song, which is fantastic. I do like when the dwarves sing the Lonely Mountain song. It's the one time I do, like, invest in the dwarves' uh, quest to go home. But they also have before that the, like, that's what Bill and hates, blah, 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 blah. And there's the, the song later on with uh, uh, all the goblins, like, smash them and crack them and whatever. And, uh, 
those are like the whimsical fantasy children's book stuff from the book but they epic it all up and they're, they're too scared of actually going there like you you feel you feel in every scene of this movie that this is a cinematic universe whatever that had to cut out Tom Bombadil because they're scared of his swag yeah um, <laughs> man why didn't they put fucking Tom Bombadil in this if they were going to add shit from everywhere <laughs> into the Hobbit they could have at least brought in our boy Tom what was Tom doing when <laughs> Dwarf went in the other direction? Smoking. He was smoking and fucking his wife. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything else? Uh, the wolves, fire, the eagles. The eagles don't talk to them in this. That's fine. I don't really care about that, I guess. Um, maybe they should. Uh, and then it, they see uh, Erebor out on the distance, on the horizon, and they're like, well, it can't get any worse from here. Which is not personally how I would end my movie, uh, <laughs> my prequel trilogy that's about to be received really poorly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, a thing I know from watching the whole... Um, I mean, it must have been the Lindsay Ellis videos about this, or somebody else did, made something about this. Just, like, keeping an eye on uh, Bilbo's relationship to Thorin after they've now resolved their main conflict at the end of the first movie. Um, now they're friends. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm fairly sure they don't have, like, a scene for the rest of this until Thorin dies. Um, but I don't uh, actually do. remember. I think I mean they're in scenes. So I don't think there's like development on that, but I don't remember. I, I, I think you know. there's in fact the opposite, if I remember correctly. But I'll be keeping an eye out. Uh, oh, almost as if this wasn't where the first movie was meant to end, and they just added this to make an ending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I know there's like a lot of stuff added, because um, like Legolas is in these somehow. Oh right. So we've got to get him involved, Legolas. Uh, you know. Not originally on the quest in The Hobbit. <laughs> and also, so have... uh, eventually there will be Lady Elf. Lady for Elf. Dwarf to be hot for. Yeah, that was the one thing they famously added. And uh, I know we've got Stephen Fry, Harry Pottering it up all over the place. Which one's um, Stephen Fry? I know that's a British one, guy. One of the annoying British guys. He was the little big planet voice. D- oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 that guy. Uh, uh, there's, like, a stable of, like, six old British dudes that I just, like, have in the same slot, and I have to, like, sort them okay. out. Okay, name name some of the other ones, please. Stephen Fry. <laughs> Ricky Gervais. <laughs> okay. Uh, the guy from V for Vendetta. Um, what? The 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 president guy from V for Vendetta. Who's the president guy in V for Vendetta? Oh, fucking Stephen Fry! I don't know. I like it's not, it's not Stephen Fry. Who's he played? Because I I know. Who's he? Uh, John Hurt. John Hurt. <laughs> Did you just say you get Stephen Fry, John Hurt, and Ricky Gervais confused? There is another old guy, and I don't remember who it is now. Those separated by like 30, 40 years. John Hurt's way older than the other two. John Hurt is older than Stephen Fry, who is older than Ricky Gervais. This is just a true thing. Nonetheless, (laughs) there is at least one other guy that I don't remember that is also an old British guy. 
This could be fucking anyone. Wait, who's, who's in Speed Racer? John Goodman, and he's not British. No, the villain. Roger Allen? Is that guy British? Yes, but he's not like a guy other than he was in Speed Racer. Because I don't think you're like, oh, I remember Roger Allen from uh, The Thick of It, where he plays Peter Mannion. He's always going on about how, oh, I'm, I hate buying a fucking bank or whatever. Because that's how Peter Mannion talks. But you don't know who Peter Mannion is because Roger Allen is a like British TV character actor and not a famous guy in the way that John Hurt is. Wait. But he is another British guy. But he's in something I've seen, I know. Right. Let's go to Roger Allen's page and see what things you've seen him. Uh, he was also in V for Vendetta, apparently. He is Lewis Prothero. Uh, yeah, he is. I think he might be the like talk rate talk show guy. Maybe he is uh, Henry Pelham in uh, Pirate of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, a movie I have not seen yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then he, he's in a million British TV shows and also Game of Thrones for like one episode. Speed Racer, Inkheart. Oh, he's just a narrator. I guess he's in Tetris? The movie Tetris. Yeah, no, like, Roger Allen is a known British guy, but only if you're in the UK. He's not, he's not famous on the level of the other people you know. Well, nonetheless, he's a guy that I think of in the same slot as those other guys. This is no. crazy. This is one of the... You don't even... Because you don't know who these people are, you don't know how crazy the thing you just said was. So I'll leave it alone. That's fine. But, uh, people will be yelling at you right now. I don't believe you. I think M will roll their eyes, but nobody's going to post at me. And nobody's going to send emails to expertaudiopodcast at gmail.com about it. And nobody's no, going to they... retweet the podcast and, and talk about it and boost the engagement. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think that this uh, reverse psychology is going to work. You should, however, send in emails to podcast at gmail.com, whatever you just said, uh, about Snow Crash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next month we'll be reading Snow Crash for uh, Anomalous Readings, which is which our we can advertise because it's just us two and we're the only ones left here. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! No one can stop us! Um, yeah. I don't know that I have much more to say about this movie other than I'm not looking forward to the next two. Nope. Uh, the others who left us behind made the right choice, but we are committed to this task now. We have to watch two more of these. Yeah, that'll be fine. I can't um, carry it for you, Nora, but I can carry you. Uh, I don't think you can, honestly. But no, we do actually both have to watch it ourselves. I can't just... I, what would carrying it be on a... Like, if only one of us watched it and the other one just went, uh-huh, yeah. Over and over and over again. <laughs> that would be like if I watched it and you didn't have to because you'd already seen it, I guess. I, I could fake it, but I won't. I will genuinely <laughs> watch six hours more of The Hobbit. Uh, if I wanted to just be an arsehole, I could absolutely show up. I'm very confident in my ability to fake it uh, and not watch The Hobbit again, but I won't. I will actually watch The Hobbit again uh, and I'll complain about it for every second I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> At least we're having fun, right? <laughs> you know what? I do enjoy recording the podcast with you, Nora. So, yes, on some level, we are having fun. Uh, I guess that's it. I don't have any... I also, like, there's no, like, cultural osmosis, like, production stuff for this. 
that is interesting outside of like how much of a nightmare it was. Like, there's no fun stories that come out of this. No, it's like this movie killed New Zealand's film industry single handedly. Yeah. Um, which is in the uh, Lindsay Alice videos, which are like, I have a lot of critiques with Lindsay Alice videos in general, in the, um, I think a lot of her arguments and ideology she, she puts forth is uh, not the best. But I do think that her reporting and the Hobbit thing, and that as like factual reporting about a, you know, evil film production, is very, very good. This is my one point where yeah. I'm like, the Lindsay Alice Defense Force in this video. <laughs> I do recommend that. Uh, I say, because I assume people listening be like, ah, oh, these communist critics are going to be annoyed with like the uh, just kind of left-ish liberals talking about movies online, which is true. Usually we don't align with them. Um, but in this case, I do think the Hobbit movie, the Hobbit videos are worth watching specifically for the production breakdowns. Like she interviews one of the uh, dwarves and was like, well, on the first shoot, uh, it was great, and we were all homies, and we had like a homie chat, and it was like Lord of the Rings, and we were all back. And on the second sh- reshoot shoot, uh, it was like a death march. It was the worst thing that ever happened, and no one talked to us, and we were all in our trailers the entire time, feeling like we were about to be shot. <laughs> and I was like, man, sucks in there. <sighs> Let me tell you, there is only one commentary track on the Blu-ray for the extended edition of The Hobbit. There wow. were like five for uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but we should fly us fools to That's so true. the end of the episode. Jackson, tell people where they can find you online. You can find me online at headfallsoff at twitter.com uh, or on co-host or on Blue Sky, uh, which I don't know how much I'll use, but people are slowly trickling in now. People are getting invites fairly regularly. Uh, and so we'll see how quickly Blue Sky can actually fail. <laughs> uh, but I'm around in all those places. Um, and you can find the podcast I do at normalmapping.com, mostly with M, uh, other than uh, Anonymous Readings, which is at Expo Audio, which uh, I do with Nora. And uh, I'm very proud of the last episode. We did it about Hyperion. Great episode. Uh, it was. If you want to, su- you want to support my stuff, uh, you can do it on Patreon at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. One dollar a month gets you a great Gundam project, our uh, Gundam podcast. We just finished Gundam Seed. Fuck yes, finally we're free. Uh, which means we're watching Igloo next, and then we're watching the movies for the original trilogy of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Um, and eventually after this like weird period of doing movies and ovas we'll be back to watch double o that's not yet uh other other goodies are other tiers five dollars for blockbusters ten dollars for white life but that's the pitch what if it was gundam double o seven um what if it was cyborg double o nine what if it was cyborg 69 no shut up <laughs> i've I, I really like cyborg 009 it's one of the best things so i can't make these shit posts you can find me on Twitter and co-host and Blue Sky pretty most places at Skull Daughter. You can find stuff I've done at norablake.online. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash export audio. Uh, and if you do, you'll get access to a lot of different things. One of which is our bonus sode that we recorded on uh, the movie Prometheus. Last we month. did do that. That was a good. That was a good episode. We don't know how regularly we're going to do them, but um, we did do that. But uh, next month, when our normal episode comes up, we will probably have a new one of those for you, uh, where we trade <laughs> yeah. movies. <laughs> we have the dumbest. Like, M crystallizes. We, we were like talking about it as like a shit post because uh, they both came up on the same episode. Um, and Em was like, you should both watch the other one. You are watching Lawrence of Arabia, the classic movie from the 60s. Uh-huh. Actual masterpiece. You will have a great time. I am watching Twister. 
Hey, Carrie uh, Elvis is in that movie. You know what? I expect to have a pretty good time with Twister. I can't <laughs> lie. It's not going to be as good as Lawrence of Arabia, but it will be 90 to 100 minutes. Uh, you know what? I'm going to look up yeah. how long is Twister. Actually, it's, seen... a post, um, it's a post like Independence Day movie, so it might be like 220. Uh, I've seen that movie like a dozen times. Um, Twister. We had it on VHS. Twister, Twister, Twister. Uh, 113 minutes. Totally fine. Under two hours. Beautiful. 113 minutes is not under... Oh, under two hours. I thought you were saying under an hour and a half. No, I no, I understand confused. how you, we, all, we all get confused. But yes. Uh, well, thank you, Nora. Thank you for sticking this one out as we watch of these terrible movies alone. Uh, um, what's a good sign-off for The Hobbit? I guess... Um, <laughs> the worst is behind us. Thank you. The worst is behind us.
Bye.